Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the PHNX Rising Show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. I'm Ramon Chavez. Super happy to be here. And alongside me, as always, Owen Evans. How you doing, sir? It's a quiet week. We've got a weekend off. I don't know what I'm doing this weekend. I'm like so lost. Like, it's like, it's insane. It's insane what USL does to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. We can start tracking the latest thing now, which is Elon Musk tweeting that he's going to buy Manchester United. I'm getting ready for this show. I'm watching the under 20 uh, World Cup where Mexico again beat Germany in a World Cup setting. And, you know, here comes a little tweet by Owen just ruining my night, essentially. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it keeps uh, things keep getting better for uh, Manchester United. So, anyway, oh, <laughs> we have a great show for you guys today. We love the fact that you guys responded uh, so well to the mailbag. Uh, question so uh, we look forward to answering uh if not all most of those questions that we gotten from you guys so we really appreciate that not only on twitter but on discord i finally found a way to to get into it uh so i'm um, learning the ropes uh on that as well so really truly appreciate it um owen let's we do have to talk about the game on friday even though you know we want to erase that from our minds <laughs> um, <laughs> against orange county we're I'm not sure off. there's any amount of four peaks that could erase that from our minds oh. It's not, it's um, not if we could if we could get it perhaps straight into the bloodstream which i don't recommend anybody does that's a very <laughs> bad idea definitely do not yeah. do that uh, yeah. maybe maybe it would erase it from the memory but no yeah um so let's just go ahead and jump into it oh when you were there orange county um mm-hmm. it's it was just a weird feeling after the game because it, it kind of felt at least on my end and anyone in the chat and you you know feel free to let me know how you feel Owen. It felt like it was this the 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 season slipping away, and there was no like way that it was gonna turn around. Like I don't know, I just felt like there was no energy. And the more I kind of thought about it, the more upset I got because it's like if this is how you're gonna play with less than ten games left in the season, when your season is basically hanging on the balance, then might as well just call it a day. You know, that was my position on it. But what do you think, and what did you feel being there at the stadium? It was. Yeah, it, it was one of those games whereby, and, and we're going to explore this more later now as we get into the questions. We have got a, a question on this, so we'll we'll kind of point out the bigger picture season things then. But mm-hmm. it feels as though we're just reaching that point whereby there is no more room for error. And that game against Orange County was what should have been uh, an easy way to pick up some points. Orange County have not been good this season. Um, mm. We knew exactly what they were going to be like. This is a team that leaks goals, and yet Rising were completely toothless in the attack. And mm-hmm. so it it just felt bad. It felt as though they gave us nothing, nothing to see and kind of believe in uh, going forward. Because again, it's things. It's very plausible that that rising still make the playoffs. It can happen. Uh, there is a path to do it. I'm not sure I would say probable, but it's plausible. Um, and there is a path to it, but if they're going to put in performances like they did against orange County, then they're not going to get it done. They're just not going yeah. to. Yeah. And that's, that's, that was the main concerning, you know, fact to me that you played this team, you knew exactly what they were going to come out with. And the same player 
that hurt you during the first game did the exact same thing in the second game. So what, like, is he that good? Which he is. Obviously, he's a league leading He's a very scorer, good player, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, if you know the goals are coming, then you need to do your part on the other end, the offense, in order to make sure that, you know, either you're winning them just by scoring more goals or either you tighten up your defense. And neither of those things were done. And so anyway, uh, Pat's saying here that they finally broke me on Friday, which is partly true. That's why I'm so upset about it. But we'll see. We'll see what happens moving forward, Owen. Um, they basically have like what, like a week and a half uh, break, I guess. Uh, you know, we saw a lot of, yeah. uh, of the players on social media traveling out of town, uh, you know, probably trying to get their mind off of it as well. So we'll, we'll see how they come back uh, next we week. We started the uh, several week vacation early this year, by the looks. Sheesh. Uh, but no, they, they were given some- Throwback for people who can't remember that comment at the end of uh, end of last season. That was a Rick comment as they struggled into the playoffs last year and were being written off. It was like, well, we won the division weeks ago. They've been on vacation. Um, but yeah, they have actually been given a little bit of time off. I'll say that. They've been given a couple of days off. Uh, I like uh, RD's comment says, is it sad that I am glad I will have some Saturdays off in October? No losses equal no ulcers. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens, RD. Uh yeah. Thank you for joining us today on the show. Uh Owen, um, I know th- there's not a lot of news going on this week as far as the team, but uh any updates that you heard uh, or anything that you can update everybody else on? Not a huge amount, no. Um things are quiet because again, there's players have, have gone away or they've been mm-hmm. given some extra time uh, at the start of this week. So not a huge amount of news at the moment. Uh we're just waiting until next week, pretty much. Gotcha, gotcha. So before we dive into the uh, the mailbag, uh, let's go ahead and talk about our friends at OGs really quick. Give them a quick shout out. Um, we talk about them every week, guys. So you guys know what OGs is all about. But right now they're actually having a sweepstakes. So it's called the Flavoring Life Sweepstakes. And if you sign up and you win, you will receive three bags of OGs, including orange creamsicle and tropical flavors. You also get an OGs hat, a PHNX shirt of your choice, and a PHNX annual membership. And uh, you can sign up to the for the sweepstakes by going to gophnx.com or by clicking the link in our show notes. And then if you win, you can look like Derek there from uh, PHNX Diamondback. So a uh, huge old smile. He looks very uh, happy there, doesn't he? Looks very happy. I want to look like him one day. Uh, <laughs> you can check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can also find their products at your local dispensary. You must be 21 years or older to purchase. You know, I've heard that OGs on a separate note, of course, OGs also stands for own goals. So shout out to Swansea City today in the championship. Uh, the uh, team from West Wales there. Not not a big fan, I'd say, you know, being mm. a Cardiff fan myself. Uh, <laughs> but they, they went into stoppage time up 2-0 against Millwall today and okay. managed to score two own goals in stoppage time to draw two all. Oh so, uh, <laughs> hey, remember, Rising fans, things might be bleak, but there are teams elsewhere doing stuff that's dumber Never. than Rising up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. There's always somebody else to laugh at. That's the beauty of a sport that covers this larger footprint across the world. There's always someone else to laugh at. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, All right, y'all. It's time for the mailbag. Uh, We're going to do basically in two parts. We're going to do some questions first. Uh, talk about our friends at DraftKings. Uh, we do have some games tomorrow as well. So we'll talk about that for a little bit and then we'll jump back to the mailbag just to wrap up the show. So, Owen, let's go ahead and go with the first one. All right. Well, let's. I said we were going to focus on this season, right? Mm-hmm. So let's take a little bit of a look at, at that. 
here's the question. If Rising are to scrape into the playoffs this season, how many points do you both think they'll need and in which games will they collect them? Do you want me to lead off this one? Yeah, yeah. All right. So I've done some kind of number crunching, looking around at what kind of points we should expect, really. I think personally... I think we lost you there, Owen. <laughs> uh, let's see. While uh, while Owen's working on that, uh, I think your your mic might have been muted, or someone muted you. Look at that. Someone in the someone's muting you there. Um, but yeah, to answer the question, um, my opinion it has to be at least eighteen points. Twenty twenty one is probably what I would feel comfortable with. Um, let's see what's going on here. Um, yeah, that that's what I'm feeling. Let's see here if we got a quick second to, to fix Owens. Can you hear us now? Um, but yeah, that's typically. Uh, I mean, moving forward, that's what I feel like it would. I can hear you a little bit, Owen. Just a little heads up. <laughs> um, I know. Sorry, Pat. Sorry, everybody in the chat. But um, yeah, 18, 20 points, twenty one. Uh, that's that's what I would feel comfortable with. I doubt that they're gonna get thirty points out of this. Uh, this run that they uh, or during their last games of the season. Um, they have El Paso coming up on the 27th, RGV, Colorado, Oakland Route, San Diego, Monterey, which they've been playing outstandingly, uh, Sacramento, uh, Red Bulls, RGV again, and then Atlanta United too. So, um, <laughs> uh oh, I don't know what's going on with this audio. Let me double check here real quick. Let me see. I might have to kick him out. Hello. There we go. We got you. I don't think you can hear me. <laughs> Let's see. Beauty of live streaming. <laughs> this is really fun. Uh, I can't just just for anyone who's wondering, we're having some real technical <laughs> I feel like Ramon can you can hear me right now, Ramon. No, you yeah, can hear, oh, we can all yeah, hear great. you. Okay. You can see, hear I can't us. hear you. Uh-oh. Uh, He's, oh man. Yeah, just do your thing. I'm asking, uh, just let me just uh, do this. Talk about your. There we go. There we go. You hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, finally, finally, we fixed it. Um, <laughs> maybe. Someone's hacking into this. Look at Edwin. Edwin gets on the oh, chat. Edwin from beyond the grave. Edwin from beyond the grave is hacking in and, and ruining this for us. Right. So right. that's all we So how many points and who do you think Rising can get the, the points against? So 46 points, I think, is going to be the target. Um, it's a little bit lower than in previous years, but I feel that 46 is probably the target simply for the fact that Look, the bottom of this division is not out of it, uh, not out of it at all, mm -hmm. um, which is something that we haven't really seen in previous years. Typically, there are teams that are giving up points left, right, and center and, and a way out of it. What we see in the West this season is a lot of, almost a little bit of parity there, where by the top teams, the very top teams in the playoffs are running away with it, but those teams underneath aren't that far apart from each other. So I think it's going to be a little bit lower than usual. Mm -hmm. Now, that means that Rising need to find 17 points. Yeah. Where did I, those 17 points come from? 
Uh, I mean, def, uh, I know we haven't, or Rising hasn't played RGV, but I think that's a very winnable game. Um, Colorado, we've seen that Rising can hang with them. Now, is it going to be the same way as the, is their game in the future going to be the same way it, it happened here at Wild Horse Pass? I don't think so. Uh, San Diego, I feel like it's going to be tough. Monterey is going to be tough. Um, Sacramento, of course. So, but once you get to the last three games of the season, which is the, you know, Baby Bulls, you got RGV once again. And Atlanta, Atlanta United too. I feel like all those are winnable games. So, if we're saying 17, I'm saying 18, but I would feel more comfortable with 20 or 21. You know, those three at the end of the season, they'll give you nine. Uh, so it's just a matter of picking up those points. You know, against Colorado, San Diego, Monterey, and Oakland Roots. I feel like that those four right there will really determine where everything goes. And if they're they can get a result out uh, in El Paso, and then again against RGV a couple of weeks from now. Their season, their outlook is going to look a lot better, but is that going to happen? I don't know. That's the question. That's the question because I think we're just at a point. Okay, those last two games at home, uh, the Atlanta two, Red Bulls two. Quite frankly, if you don't win those at home, just just leave. As a negative, but it's like seriously now. Mm-hmm. Those two games, there is no excuse, no excuse whatsoever for not picking those points up. Mm-hmm. I fear that Oakland could well end up in a draw here. I fear that RGV could potentially be the same. I fear mm-hmm. that RGV away from home is a tough place to go and play. Uh, nice, hot, humid. Admittedly, it's October. It shouldn't be too, too hot. Yeah. Um, you look at the other away games, though. San Diego, tough game. Colorado Springs could be. We don't know what their form is right now. Mm-hmm. Um. El Paso, mixed bag. They, they've really been struggling with bad form, mm-hmm. but some of their players, you look at uh, Luis Solignac was named player of the week this week, wasn't yeah, he? So, really well. yeah, yeah, there, there's a concern. Um, and then whatever away games are there, Monterey Bay, who've suddenly shown up, uh, showing up big. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're actually level on points now with Rising, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. One game less played. And... You've got Sacramento. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like these. Are... I feel like if they can get a result in El Paso, I think it's going to set the tempo. But again, you know, in the comments, I'll see we said the same things about Loudon. Yeah, we did. But it's are things going to change in the last ten games of the season? That's a, that's a key question. Now, given what we've seen this season, it's not going to happen. But. Stranger things have happened. Like right now, I'm just kind of like not even saying this is a winnable game because here for like here moving forward, I don't think I don't think Rising can be looked as the favorite in any of these games except for maybe the Bulls and in, in Atlanta United. Just the way that they've been playing. Yeah, it's oh. it's tough. Yeah, we'll it's see. Tough. We'll see what um, happens. That it's it's that point whereby again, look, if they get those points at home, you got six points there from those two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, say if you win and draw the other two home games there, so it's what ten points. You've got to find seven points in six away games. Mm-hmm. It's doable. Yeah, okay? definitely. There's nothing we can't. You can't look at it and suggest that it's not doable. But the problem is is that there's now getting so little margin for error mm-hmm. that drop points where points should be gained is going to be a problem. Yeah. Real big problem. So I don't know. I don't know. And the other thing that also is worth noting is that it's 
not so easy, even though I've drawn this arbitrary line of where I think it'll be. Mm -hmm. uh, bear in mind that that will move because it also depends on how the how you do in the games directly against other teams. Mm -hmm. So if you beat El Paso, maybe that pulls the line down a little bit. But if you lose to them, that can push it up. Yeah, it's exactly. tough. It's tough to tell. Yeah. And it doesn't help that basically every team that they're playing moving forward, except for one or two, are like literally right alongside them on the table. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, next question. That's uh, That was a good one. Next question. Well, we should keep the focus somewhat on on that topic. Let's look a little bit here about the depth in the Western Conference. So here's the question. Is the USL Championship West very deep or just a lot of average teams? Looking at the USLC East and West standings, night and day differences. So... I'm going to let you kick this one off. That's a good question. Uh, yeah, the West is really, really top heavy. You know, we've seen San Antonio, San Diego, Colorado uh, basically kind of run away with the with the first three spots in the in the Western Conference. Now, the only one that's kind of stayed consistently consistent throughout the entire season has been San Antonio. Um, Colorado's been going through a spell. San Diego kind of had a little bit of issues, but they're picking it back up. So those three, you know, guaranteed. Now, when you look on the Eastern Conference side, um, you know, Louisville, Memphis, and Tampa, I think there's no doubt about those three teams being the, the top three for the entire season in the Eastern Conference. Now, when, you know, you're looking at the rest of the uh, of the standings or the table, Birmingham, Pittsburgh, the uh, B, Miami FC, oh my God, it's literally on the standings. Uh, <laughs> Detroit, can you really say any of those teams could hang in the Western Conference? I I would have maybe Birmingham. Pittsburgh had a rough spell there. I don't think... You know, Miami, Detroit, I don't think those guys, those teams, I mean, would be able to hang, you know, I mean, they'd probably make the seventh or sixth seed in the Western Conference, but I don't think they'd be anywhere near a top team in the in the Western Conference. So based on what I'm seeing, you know, based on the teams that, that are playing, especially, you know, some teams right now like Monterey and Oakland and stuff like that. So I don't know. What do you think? I feel as though it's one of those things where when you look at it and say, well, is it depth or is it there's a lot of average teams? It's hard to really draw a distinction between those two situations. Mm -hmm. um, I feel as though the averageness per se does not stretch to the top of the table. I feel mm -hmm. as though San Antonio and San Diego have shown that they are serious title contenders uh, going forward. And, they're up there with those same kind of teams in the East that are up at the top mm -hmm. of the East. The thing is, is that at the bottom of the table, there are no easy pickings per se. There is mm -hmm. no Atlanta two. There is no Red Bulls two. Uh, there's well, like know, the Loudon. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. Those easy pickings, Loudon United. But I mean, <laughs> let's be sure. Let's, let's be honest. Charleston. There's no Charleston battery. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, th those teams just aren't there. And so, it's created a situation where the teams above have less points, but mm -hmm. everyone can can realistically find a way to get a result against anyone else in there. I mean, it's it's a real mixed bag. I don't know. I feel as though it's a much more exciting conference to watch at the moment outside of the top teams. I feel like the top teams in the East are... There's perhaps a couple more of them, but they're very exciting to watch those games between them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was I remember Louisville Memphis a few weeks ago was a was a great game. Um I mean, even but, that Louisville Tampa one, they they mm -hmm. packed fifteen thousand people into that stadium. That's insane mm -hmm. for a USL game. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. But I, I feel like it's 
yes, there's kind of a bit of both in there. There, there's a lot of average, you could say, teams in in the West, but then there's no bad teams or, or no yeah. truly awful. There's bad teams, but there's no truly awful. Yeah, no, I think the West. If we we're just comparing like the East and the Western Conference, like as far as quality, uh, I think there's no doubt about the Western Conference being a lot better. Um, anyone. I mean, looking at it, at least just this season, you know, you have Indy 11, the Baby Bulls, Atlanta, Charleston, Loudon. I don't think you can, I don't think any of those teams are better than maybe what, like a, I don't know, Oakland Roots or something like that. Like it's, uh, at least from what I'm seeing. So, um, but yeah, good, good question there. Uh, shout out to everybody on the chat. Thank you so much. John says, West is deep. Seen that with the record, uh, with the record versus the East this season. Outside the top five or top six in the East, they are poor. So I agree with that. Bonnie in the chat, thank you for showing up. Uh, Legion are a good team. Um, RD doesn't want two conferences. What are your thoughts on that? I tend to agree. I prefer it when you just... But then that's the thing. I feel as though the playoffs are just not really indicative of of what you should be looking at for success. Um, I hate this idea that a team finishes with a mediocre record and then gets rewarded as though they've they've actually had a successful season when it's... You, you, there's no threat of relegation or anything you're fighting off. You're just trying to finish barely average. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> yeah, right. And okay, to give a to give an example of this, right? Look, no, no hate to the Phoenix Mercury. Okay, they've had a very rough season this Uh-oh. year. But but no, they've had a very rough season this year. Yeah. A lot of issues off the court that just have, have really put them in a bad position but it's like oh yeah we're in the playoffs they finished 15 and 21 right and that's that's why I, i'm not a i'm not a playoffs guy it's not mm-hmm. it's no not I, and, and i agree with that i mean you look at the mexican league there's 18 teams and you know how many make the playoffs how many 12 see that's just pointless <laughs> because that's that's the thing right you're just gonna you're just gonna mess around for half a you play this whole season trying to actually make it interesting yeah. uh but the reality is unless you're a bad team it's not interesting so do you if like maybe a good like team, you just coach. it's like the f- top six or top four of each conference nah, single table just do a single table why I think not this country is a little bit too big to do a single table i think western i don't think so really because no? Rising consistently have to make these trips to the East Coast anyway. Um, You don't need a, you know, league that's, what, 30, 32 teams. Mm -hmm. You can create a system with promotion and relegation where League One is expanded, (laughs) right? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's just, I I think most of the reason, there's a a big reason why there's two conferences, just to scheduling-wise, you know, with... Players talk about the big difference when it comes to coming from Europe to the U.S. and all the travel that they have to do. So I understand that point of view. But, yeah, I mean, single table, screw it. Let's do it. But yeah. uh, I'm telling you. Edward you know what? There's, there's one comment in here from a certain uh, certain former uh, intern with us. So I feel like we've got to address one question. Oh, we have a graphic for it. <laughs> um, but there was a question that came in. Uh, and I've got to find it now. Uh, it was from Pat, I believe. And the question was, let me read it out to you. Is there a PHNX rising curse? First year round and yeah. Maybe. Well, here's, here's Edwin uh, with his comments here. Before Edwin, 
15 points in 10 games plus two cup wins. Now that Deadwin is officially Deadwin, 14 points in 14 games. You know, arguably what we've discovered here is that we need to come to some arrangement whereby we bring Deadwin back from Houston. We'll trade the Astros. Who can we trade? <laughs> It'll be a fair trade. We've we got plenty up. of trash cans at the stadium, I'm sure. Oh, my God. Be nice. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, Edwin's not wrong. But uh, to be fair, you know, you guys were covering Rising last year, too, without PHNX. So I'm just saying it's not not necessarily our yeah. fault. I could see the point of it. Um, let's. Uh, any other questions we got? Uh, let's have a look because there's lots of questions. Do you want to? Let's go with this one. If you had to choose a best 11 for the season so far, who would be on it and would you use that to start the next match? Ooh, good question. Right, this is a good question. So let's take get rid of the easy people first, should we? So what? So, I was going to say Lalo. Lunt. Ben Lunt. Ben Lunt. Yeah. Is, <laughs> you were going to put Lalo in goals. Okay. <laughs> good start. Good start. So Ben Lunt in goals. We're going to presumably have the centre-back pairing of Musa and Farrell. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like the midfield trio is going to be Kev, Aiden, Arturo, mm-hmm. uh, but with the proviso that Luis is re- sitting on the bench ready to come in. Yeah. Um, I feel as though, what else? What else are we going to go with? Darnell King has to be in the squad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Left back. What are we doing? Because I mean, then that, I suppose it depends on the wingers as well and the forwards. I think JJ Williams is the center forward. Maybe you then include Hurst, but have him on the wing. Not That's that I good. like that, but mm-hmm. the way we're yeah, putting this together is in three games. I think JJ has earned the uh, the uh, the starting position in my group. Um, That's not a detriment to Hurst or anything, but you know, uh, I think just based on how Rising play, JJ is just the, the best uh, option on that. Now, um, on the wings up top, I think you have to keep Santi. You know, I I, I don't want to like talk keep any Santi and Hurst. Yeah, I think there's. You know, I know you you don't want Johnny in there. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we haven't. Well, seen our we, I don't know what what's what's he achieved this year. I mean, <laughs> he had that almost goal at Louisville. So, yeah. Um, I, I will say to this to this comment, this is actually why I feel like we're listing a, a team here that is based on a 4-3-3 that Rising would play. And this mm-hmm. is why for the second part of that question, I wouldn't do it. I am I would actually be interested to see what would happen if if Rick went with a JJ Williams, Greg Hurst kind of 4-4-2. I don't foresee it happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't expect that we'll see that because, of course, we had the whole I'm going to stop covering for the players by changing the tactics all the time kind of stuff, um, yeah. which I don't know quite what I think about that, but we'll we'll leave that be. I think that I'd be intrigued to see a 4-4-2 with that, but mm-hmm. yeah, we haven't had a bad season. We've had a Jaune season. Jaune is, in the well, you know, if a professional team offers you a contract, you're not going to say no. <laughs> so it's not his fault. It was notable that he was left at home for the Orange County game, though. Um, Patience running thin. Indeed. But yeah, as far as so we didn't talk about uh, the part. We need a left back. A left we need back. a left back. We're still waiting on a left back. Are you going with Babu or told, Ryan? Oh, I didn't. Even, I totally forgot about Babu. I wouldn't put Hurst up top if uh, if Babu's going to be there. I like Babu a lot more 
on that left. But wing. what's he achieved? He just brings a dynamic and he's his dribbling is a lot better than whoever else he can put in there. He's able he to did, get he, he just does what Marcus Epps did, but quicker. No. He no. runs into like four or five guys and goes nowhere. So okay, he, doesn't cut back. he doesn't cut back. That's fair enough. He doesn't cut okay. back in the way that Marcus did. So in but... this scenario, you would put you would leave Babu, which is arguably, I would really fight you on this, one of the best players this season for rising on the bench. But what, what metric is he, are you using to say that he's one of the best players? Well, he's able to break down. I mean, I don't know any like. Is he? I don't, I don't, I don't have any analytics on hand, but when it comes to breaking down the team and actually helping out and, and having some speed on the wing, I think it's him. I mean, he I know what. Speed, do, you, do you use that more as out of the back, though? Um, I know he got caught a few times, but. Yeah. Defensively, maybe he, he needs a little bit more work on that. But I think if we're looking at the current team, I. If it has to be between Hurst or Babu, I would. I know I, I really do like Greg Hurst, but I think Babu would take the, the spot on my team. So, and I would. Hurst controversy, would be, controversy here. Um, it's Hurst's fault yeah. for being good at different positions. You know, if we could just stick to one. Shout out to, shout out to Pat Moses here with this whole discussion, just shows how depressing this team has gotten. Right, I feel like it does. Anyway. Uh, Lati, with how many goals has he scored compared to Jaune? Uh More in USL Championship. I can confirm that one at least. He scored one against Rising last year. Anyway, um, he did, which is one more goal than <laughs> I mean Jaune has ever scored in USL Championship. So before we we stop with this um the this question, I mean, <laughs> end this question, I mean, left back has Joey Calistri, uh Has oh, he... so we put Joey on the right and Darnell on the left? Is what you're thinking? I mean, I, I I still don't know why Ryan's not on the squad. You know, I I would prefer him if you're going to be playing Darnell on the left wing and then, you know, just put Ryan in at that point. It's not, I don't know. It's just, it's still weird to me that he's not playing, even though I don't it think is weird that he's really convinced me otherwise. So, I don't know. It, it, it just gets into that point whereby, again, I, I'm tired at times of hearing of training being the reasoning for things when uh when the team is quite frankly performing like they are um you know i i you hit a certain point where you just have to ask are we do you win points on the training ground because at the moment you're not winning enough points on the actual pitch on yeah. a saturday night so mm -hmm. I I find his complete what feels like ostracism. He's just been ostracized completely. Um, yeah, what could he have weird. possibly done to either the coaching staff or the team to like just be banished <laughs> to another realm? It's not. Uh, first of all, I don't think it's fair. Um, but it's it's also that it's one of those things that are frustrating when you cover a team where you don't get clear answers on like exactly what's going on because it's a pretty big question. Uh, for one of your your guys that's been there for a while, not to get any playing time or even be on the bench. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm one of the locals that's something of a fan favorite in some ways as well. So, mm -hmm. not ideal. Yeah, ideal. Anyway, all right. Next question. Let's do it. Next question. If we do one more before we take another break, let's do it. Oh, what do we go with now? Uh, let's take. This one's a, an interesting one. I've actually got some information on this, so I can I can explain a bit more here. This one from from Reese on uh, on the disc on the Discord. 
Do you know what the state of our scouting department is? Our recruitment lately has been fairly domestic apart from Antwit, and it doesn't seem like the signings are based on statistical slash character reasons. Right. Mm-hmm. So scouting at this level is a bit of a an awkward one, right? It's not something that teams can invest a huge amount of money in, mm-hmm. especially because you're looking at just the pure size size of the world that you're trying to kind of cast the net over and, and and bring people in for but there's a variety of ways that it's done number one is that for, for obvious reasons right people who are in usl people who are in the u.s soccer kind of landscape are people who uh, will be picked up um the coaching staff are obviously following what's happening in other teams in in the league um they know a lot of people around here obviously as well at different levels of the game so that helps um there's also an element of relying on contacts uh i know that the club has some contacts still in africa and in other parts of the world of course uh guys with the coaching staff know people who will give them a heads up about a player uh, and then the other way that they typically find players is that you find agents shop their players around a bit, um, especially those who are looking for moves internationally. Sometimes, you know, they want to get a bit of a different kind of um, just a different bit of scenery, really. Now, the way that then they scout those players after the way that they actually look and try and work out if they fit in the system. There are databases online. The club subscribe to some of these whereby there's a lot of clips uh, all all on there, a lot of footage. And so you can get game footage from around the world mm-hmm. on these systems. And it allows you to go in and, and kind of you know dig some stuff up. Now, obviously, I see we've got the jokes in here about Dominican YouTube is the dollar I'm scorer of scouting. <laughs> We're back onto Lamin Jaune. We're back onto Lamin Jaune. Okay. But no, Lamin, of course, played in the OSL um, for Atlanta United too. Didn't play very yeah. much for them. Didn't get very minutes, very many minutes, but yeah, um, I mean, Pat Moses, someone needs the time to take Ash tribute masking off of the football manager. <laughs> this is harsh. Well, I mean, to be fair, uh, I was listening to this interview by uh, to a Mexican team called Chivas, and they were looking to bring a player from FC Cincinnati, uh, Brandon Vasquez. Um, and he, uh, <laughs> the guy, the general manager for the team, he's like, yeah, we went on transfer market, and they said it was only $500,000 for this player. And we called them, and they wanted five million, and we're like, "What?" <laughs> but legit, he Who like gets the actual like estimates from transfer yeah. market. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like that's really. <laughs> I was like, "Whatever, they're doomed. Screw Chivas. We hate them." Oh. But, uh, anyway, I was really surprised. So yes, the I mean, not not to say that you know people working at, at this level aren't competent, but I'm just saying that happens in the highest levels where they're. <laughs> They're looking for players and they're assuming things. So it's it's not just like a USL thing. Um Okay. Right. Should we take it? Should we take a quick break? Yeah, let's talk about the other football right now. So uh if you guys haven't yet, make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And when you use promo code PHNX, you guys can bet just five dollars on college football and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. That's code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And you guys can bet on college football, which is coming back. So getting closer and closer to football season or the other football season. Um, now that we're talking about DraftKings, let's take a quick look. Are there any odds? I haven't checked. Do you have the odds? There are. There are. Mm-hmm. You can actually get, here's the here's a good one. Uh, Memphis 901 are favorites in tomorrow's match in Albuquerque. 
and get them at plus 125. Uh, New Mexico plus 185, draw at plus 230. So uh, will New Mexico drop points at home again? It's the question. They're struggling at home right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Who else we got tomorrow? We got Las Vegas lights against Orange County. That should be interesting. Indeed, indeed. Now, do you think Lights can go there and get a result? Because Orange County are actually quite a decent favorite in that game. Yeah, I think um, Orange County's play, been playing okay, so I think they'll get okay. that result. Okay. Do you think that SAC might drop points at home to Colorado Springs? Do you think Springs hmm. start on their comeback? I don't know, man. That that game the other day was crazy. You know, they gave up so many Springs plus 225. I don't know if I'd trust them at this point. Uh, so I'd probably go with Sacramento on that on that one. Yeah, who's the biggest underdog of the day? Who is it? Detroit City traveling away to Birmingham Legion. Oh. I Plus 425. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I do think that Legion will win that game. Um, I'd be very surprised to see. Mm-hmm. See that, but um Bonnie here has a quick question for us now. Transitioning from from DraftKings. Make sure to download their app, by the way. Um, whatever happened to the partnership between Phoenix Rising and uh Galatasaray? Galatasaray, very little. Um, nothing ever really of note happened there. There was always some talk of stuff that was going to develop behind the scenes, it just kind of didn't. Um, I feel like the the extent of the partnership we saw was that the club used to sometimes tweet about Galatasaray, uh, which didn't go down well with some people, but did push the team's social numbers up quite drastically. So uh, this partnership, if I remember correctly, this was ownership based, right? Is it like a draw? Yeah, I mean, okay. Uh, Burke Bakai is okay. Um, he's a big Galatasaray fan as well. Gotcha. Okay, so that, that's how he knew Didier, I think. Because often with these partnerships, at least from what I've seen on the Mexican side, is that they're like, well, we're going to share tactics and training and all this stuff. Like for, mm-hmm. I, I think Ajax and and Pachuca or something like that have some sort of partnership, but. It's not like they have a direct partnership as far as like transferring players or anything like that. So it's it's sometimes like a PR stunt, exactly like yeah. It, so, um, all right, should we take some more questions? Let's do it. Let's keep it on the field right now. Um, we, we've actually I'm got kind of a, a double question here. Mm-hmm. So Michael said it seems as though the owners have given up and called this a lost season. If Rick remains the coach going into next year, do you believe issues will be fixed? Throw in for another season like this one. And uh, Thomas here with where does Rising go in terms of roster slash coaching staff? If we miss the playoffs, what are the moves you would make? Right. So this one is a, an interesting one. Um, I fear that Rising will miss the playoffs again. I don't think it's guaranteed, but I do think that if we're talking about tossing a coin right now, I think that there's a better chance actually that it comes up with Rising missing the playoffs than making the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. Look, the key thing here is that what's the, the problem is, is just everything seems to be almost rotten right there in there at the moment. Um, it's not a question of individuals underperforming uh, as much as I, I've been told. That's kind of the suggestion that that Devin Kerr was making on the broadcast on, on Friday night was, uh, look, the players aren't you know stepping up. Well, it goes a lot deeper than that. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it gets into just what is not working behind the scenes, what is not clicking behind the scenes. Why is this team just broken for want of a better word it's just broken at the moment and 
the problem with that is that you've got a team that's in utter disarray in a lot of ways. Um, how do you fix that with the without fundamental change? Now, that fundamental change can take two approaches. To me, either you have to gut the team, the playing squad, you have mm-hmm. to utterly gut it and kind of wipe it off, start again, or you have to look for a change in leadership. Now, which one is more palatable to the rising ownership? I do not know. The indications right now are that they would probably rather go down the former route uh, rather than the latter. But, of course, there's always time for that to change. It's very possible that it could change. Um, My concern is is that you can't expect i mean it's hard to even if we're talking about gutting who would we get rid of player wise it's hard to even get into that because i think it, i think the question would be who would you keep <laughs> it's but there, there's the problem is that a lot of these players have had a lot of success throughout their careers and mm-hmm. it's this year that it's not working yeah. and that's why there's a lot of alarm bells for me that this isn't something that's easy to just pin on the players we're talking of a Full scale rebuild. If you really want to no. build them, I don't think tinkering does the job. And we've kind of seen that, right? JJ Williams has come in and, and the team have won one draw and one lost one. It's not like it's suddenly they're firing on all cylinders, is it? It's yeah, there there has to be more. And and I kind of like the liken uh the situation the rising are in to kind of, you know, you know me, I've been tweeting about it all weekend with the Manchester United situation. They know it's what, they got Elon that- Musk. Trying to take over. No, the new owner. I mean, <laughs> anyway, to get them away from the Blazers. Anyway, I'll be short with this, but the United situation, they haven't won a, a title in, what, 10 years? And so it's a team that's a storied team that, that are used to being successful, which you, compare, you can compare to Rising. They have the players on paper. They have players that should be, you know, on paper should be winning games, and they're not. You know, they've changed, they've changed a coach, what, like four or five times? And so it's... And their last coach, Ralph Ragnick, he actually said, you know, with this team, you need to change. It's like eight, nine, ten players from this team in order to actually make a difference. If you're going on that approach, which you mentioned, which is like gutting the team and starting over, because there's a lot of players there that are just not either at the quality that there should be or uh, or they just not able to click with the team. And that's Mm -hmm. it just happens. You know, something that just doesn't work uh, with, with the teams that you have or the players that you have. So if you put that. Into context with rising, you know, you keep, you know, if you're asking me if I'm the general manager, I keep maybe five guys, five, six guys, and I'm looking for, you know, players that are ready to fight and they're willing to compete each week and, you know, and and are quality players. I don't think the majority of players that rising currently have on their bench um, could could be a starting player in any other team. You know, it's it's about finding that quality and that depth. And, and I don't know. I don't know. There's some. There's some. I'm, I'm sorry. USL has some bad players around this league. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's that's the point that I'm trying to make. Like, are they truly rising players? Are they truly rising quality players? Where you could say, you know what, you know, Santi's not firing. Boom. Bring that. Bring the next guy because they we know they have that quality. You know, they call it the deepest team. You know, right? Rick said that at the beginning of the of the year. That yeah. was not the case. And so no. you need to find if you're not going to get rid of Rick, which is the the most uh, the indication that the the team is is uh, letting everyone know, then you have to rebuild the squad. If you're looking to keep at least some of the players, uh, which are untouchable, uh, like Pat says, it's it's going to be an issue now <laughs> to RD's point as well. 
Manu has a bunch of money that they spent over a billion dollars or whatever over the last 10 years in player transfers. Okay. Rising so don't have that luxury. So it, it's tough. I'll make one point here. The Man United one, I, I get where you're going with that. But to me, it's not quite the same analogy because Man United has churned through so many managers that yeah. it's hard to really say that that's, that squad is like a weird mishmash of everyone's input over a variety of seasons. This yeah. squad is 100% Rick Chance. Mm. This is ex- everybody on this team is someone that Rick has either brought in yeah. or has re-signed over mm-hmm. the course of the years. None of these people are real legacy signings. So to me, asking him to dismantle his own squad and rebuild another of his own squads. Yeah. The question for me is where did it go wrong? When you really want to get into an autopsy of where it went wrong this season, it comes down to whatever Rick imagined in the preseason this team was going to be. It mm-hmm. isn't that team. Yeah. It just is not that team. And that's either for reasons off the field or it's for reasons that he didn't evaluate the talent correctly yeah. on the field. So, yeah, no, and I agree. But based on the way that I feel or the indication that we've gotten from the team, they're not going to get rid of Rick. So what's the other option? And so if you were to ask me, like, what would happen? It's like, hey, you know, I don't think the leadership's there. I think the players have tuned out and it's time for a change. You know, it's it, just based on the, on the way the season's going. But I don't think that's going to happen. So I, I agree with you 100% on, on what you're saying. So uh, Luis says, I would keep the players and get a new voice to lead the team. So I think a lot of people can can agree on the chat. I think a lot of our, a lot of our uh, comments here, I mean, even Bonnie here saying, I don't want to give up on this team after one bad season, which sure makes you really think being a season ticket holder. It's, I've heard it's that a lot. tough. And it's tough being out there. The thing that's worth reminding here is that they play in a really somewhat inhospitable environment, which is great for ruining the opponents' hopes there, but uh, not great for selling tickets. It's hot. You're outdoors in the summer. Like, you've mm-hmm. got to... If, if the games are dull, if it's boring, and you're also playing down, and we're going to get onto this, I think, in a minute, get onto this in a sec, but it's not yeah. easy to draw people down to Wild Horse Pass when this team isn't doing well, because mm-hmm. everything is against you uh, <laughs> in a lot of ways. But speaking of which, let's talk about that, because... Yeah, We kind of got two questions here. I'm going to start with one, but it goes to another point that I've got. Uh, well, my answer will point to a different question as well that we've got in here. So where is it? I really don't see the question here. Is it the stadium um, one? Well, we'll go with the stadium one. There was a question we had on, on Discord, which was about... Um, what was the one thing we'd do if we were an own if we had ownership and could oh, kind of make yeah. a decision, right? And to me, it would actually be look into moving the location of mm-hmm. the stadium. Um, and so we had this question from Chris here: Where should Rising play? This is why I'm kind of merging these into into two because I feel as though, look, people I know, people in our chat will say straight up that uh, they want Rick out, they want Bobby out. To me, the stadium issue is more existential, the team, mm. uh, than than some of the on-field stuff. Um, it's clear that whatever the intentions of the rollout at Wild Horse Pass, it hasn't quite materialized. Yeah. Um, this team is struggling this season on the field. You're seeing the crowds dipping down. They dipped down at parts of last season as well. Um 
it's tough. It's tough because, again, whenever you moved, they moved the stadium. When they opened it up, it was partially closed because of COVID. You got none of that real new stadium glow kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the re- relationship between the club and and the group down there, it's just not working right. Um, it's not a good mm-hmm. sign when you have owners that are willing to take to Facebook and go into a, a Facebook group and comment publicly about how you know, the the uh, reservation and their management company kind of unilaterally changed the deal. Um, not a good sign. But if we're going to talk about a stadium location, to me, and I'll shout out, by the way, uh, for anyone who's interested, uh, ASU Women's Soccer actually starting up this week. Uh, they've got a game on Thursday and a game on Sunday. To me, you want to look in the ASU area. Um, just 100%. checking in a plug for them while you're here. Because that's where, A, you're fairly central um, in terms of the East Valley kind of. And it's a good location trans- transport-wise. Uh, you've got the light rail relatively close by if you need it. There are bars. There's things to actually do in that's the it. area. And that's that because a lot of people don't just want to show up, drive, get wasted at a game, and then it's drive. I mean, you shouldn't be driving back when they've been wasted at a game. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, so to, to go to piggyback on that, it's a thing you do before you continue your night. So if you're having a Friday game or you're having a Saturday game, you know, when I when I used to go out to the games over there in uh, in Scottsdale or the Tempe kind of Scottsdale area, it was like, hey, the game's at seven. We'll have a good time. We'll watch the game. We'll get drinks afterwards. Mill Avenue's down the street or Old Town's down the street. Or if we can, we're not that far from downtown Phoenix either. So. Yeah, we want the the fans to kind of get into it and be passionate supporters, but most of them, and we're being honest here, they're going there for the experience, something to do on the weekend, and then going on and having some more fun later on uh, somewhere else. And having the stadium kind of centrally located, that helps. But Wild Horse Pass, man, it's like, oh, I got to drive, and then I got to drive all the way back, and it's like the whole thing. Like, I wouldn't do it. I think that's that's the thing. That if you're doing that way, that is the event. The event is going to the football and that is it alone. When mm-hmm. we saw the club have such success with Dollar Beer Night, it was because it was just treated as going out drinking. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, you don't really you you want a different kind of atmosphere somewhat to just that. But mm-hmm. there's <laughs> gotta be more to it. I mean, look, people, I mean Pat here, something Sorry, to do Pat. before the yeah. night. Some of us are old. <laughs> in bed by 11 right no i i i get you but at the end of the day you look at it the other way around then you can actually pre-game in actual bars that are nearby rather yeah. than having to worry about even moving on from another bar to the, what was it, the thirsty lion or something and tempe marketplace and then they, it was like a bus or something that would take you yeah to... and i mean people used to walk it i mean, yeah, wouldn't necessarily recommend it, it you can walk it i mean yeah it's yeah, Michael here for the stadium in El Tasco said is what I'm here. Now I, I still stand by I personally Next think that yeah. near fine. ASU, near ASU is probably <laughs> the location you want to look for. So if you want to go and get in, you know, President Crow's ear and, and try and see what you can get, then sure. If not, try and look for some land around there. But I don't know if they want us uh, or rising with the coyotes there. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh right. but yeah, I I, to- I totally agree. Do you want to answer that question about being the owner with the first thing you would do? Well, that that was it. That was the stadium. Oh, I think okay. the stadium is the priority to me. Um, yeah, I think at so. At the well. moment, there needs to be more of a focus on working out where, if anything, this one has gone wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Good question. Yeah, I agree. Bring back All the right. Should we move on? We've got to be quick through some of these now. Um, 
Open Cup. Is Sac Republic's Open Cup run repeatable for USL teams going forward? MLS has leagues cup. We'll focus on that now. I bet while sending B and C rosters to the Open Cup in the future. Good question. Uh, I feel as though we don't yet know quite what's happening to the Open Cup as of next year. It should still like. Despite what Don Garber likes to say, uh, you can't just unilaterally decide as a league that we're going to have to change the Open Cup schedule. No. Mm-hmm. No, you don't have that power, Don. Uh, you do not run the Open Cup uh, as much as they like to think they I mean, you can tell by the final, having a non-MLS team in it, which is great news <laughs> to some extent for everyone outside of MLS to remind that it can be done. Um Look, it's. I feel as though there may be a chance, but the problem is, as it becomes too regular, other teams in MLS will see it as a uh, something else to focus on. Um, they won't like getting knocked out by USL teams. Um, yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think it's totally repeatable. Uh, I think next year, I don't know what's going to happen with this Leagues Cup. I don't know how successful it'll be. Uh, and so that's one one thing to note as well. Now, something that I did have to look up is that will the U.S. Open Cup continue to give a spot in the CONCACAF Champions League? And the answer is yes, which they will. And so in fact, in fact, it mm-hmm. also just just there will be a change next year to that. And that will be that they will uh, give it to the runner up if the winner is already qualified. Yeah. As of next year. So. Yeah. So it's very tilted towards the MLS, and I'll say that as far as the qualification for the Champions League and CONCACAF. But I feel overall the U.S. level uh, in soccer across all the leagues is constantly getting better. We've seen uh, a clear example this year with Sacramento making that run. Now, granted, the, you know, that MLS put all their chips in, you know, on, on the table when it comes to the Cup, no. But we haven't seen in years past this happen. So I think... I don't think this is a one-off occurrence. I think it's going to continue to happen. Um, and if you're stretching out these MLS teams with the Leagues Cup, which is happening uh, pretty soon, I wouldn't be surprised if they send their, like their MLS Next Pro teams and you know and, and mm-hmm. do that and, and see what happens. So uh, I think the USL should take this as an opportunity to kind of appeal to their clubs and say, you know what, if Sacramento wins this year and they're able to qualify – for this CONCACAF Champions League, how big is that for USL? It'd be huge. It'd be huge. You have a team competing internationally now, and, uh, and you know, the exposure that you get, the revenue that you get, it's only going to make the league, not that they're not legitimate, but make them more legitimate and actual, in, in like, as far as internationally is concerned. So I think it'd be good, and hopefully it can continue. I like it. All right. We've got three more questions. Let's rush through these. Okay. Um... Here we go. We'll go with this one uh, from Gene here. I've got my bus seats reserved, hotel booked, and tickets purchased for Phoenix Rising against San Diego Loyal. Am I crazy for following this team on the road? No, have fun. I went to that uh, uh, Orange County Rising Western Conference final in 2018. One of the best memories I've ever had. Do it. You want to get it, even if Rising lose. Is probably yeah at the, at the end of the day no matter what is happening on the field remember that this is the best team off the field um there's controversial there uh, for anyone here <laughs> who's not a rising fan but look that's the point that's what supporting your club is it's not blind following it's not blind dedication but well it's blind dedication yes but it's not blind like pumping them up as though they are the best on the field unless you're talking to san diego fans in which case you better believe they are and land and, and can go and do one um <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's supporting your football team, right? For thick and thin, you are there. You're backing them. You're not necessarily expecting it. You're not delusional. You're not expecting a win, but you are you're backing them anyway and yeah there are other people as well shout out to michael uh, and thomas and some of the other boys i'm sure who will be making the trip down to el paso rumor has it you might find some of your favorite ph and x rising personalities there as well l and j's um, cafe best food there oh no we'll see we'll see if we can yeah. make it um, um next question what else have we got next question because we want to try and move through these although i will shout out here thomas with uh, san diego or insufferable yep that's no, I'm not going to say that you're wrong. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, if we're going to talk about that, here's the question for us is our job, of course, but what personally are we going to enjoy, if anything, about watching or following uh, or covering this team for the rest of the season, assuming Rick stays and stay the course? Uh, man, I, I just, I honestly just enjoy being out there. Uh, you know, I don't think there's any other better job than being out there on the field, you know, covering a team that you like and you enjoy, even though sometimes you get these kind of seasons where it's not the best. Uh, but I think just seeing the joys in people's faces, uh, in the crowd and, you know, week in and week out supporting them and also the joy on, on the players faces when, when they are successful in their craft, uh, the, the clear example that I can point to is the Aiden Quinn goal that he had a few weeks ago. Just the, you know, the extreme happiness that he had on his face was insane. And for me to be able to that close to experience that, it's it's great. And I, and I love being part of that. So I know I'm on the side. I'm not part of the team, but it's, it's, it's still good to watch. We all get to have our complaints here, but look, the community here is great in terms of the dedication to their football team. So mm -hmm. that's something else that is, of course fun uh even if the what joy what he, see it's even just stuff like that there from yeah, michael what joy team you watching that just all right now this last question and uh i don't necessarily have too many answers on this i'm gonna let you be the uh movie guru here ramon but favorite yeah. football movies what should we watch on this weekend off um there's a movie called goal the dream begins it's actually free on youtube if you guys want to watch it but it's basically just talks about the rise of a mexican football player in english football so if you guys want to check that out this weekend it's free on youtube and also this week is dragon ball uh super uh, one of the movies is coming out so i'm gonna go catch that since i don't have anything to do now this weekend off. <laughs> yeah. and uh to thomas's uh, comment yeah chico's tacos is the move in el paso i did like them as well uh just one other comment here if anyone is into football movies that us or you know how you have that like continuum of bad to good in terms of movies and then mm. you have movies that just utterly destroy it and are so bad that they're great oh. to laugh at and laugh at alone well one of the genuinely worst movies ever made by the way is a football movie it's called united passions in case you've never heard of it it was a fifa propaganda movie that's a fifa uh, one i was just gonna say I was that like, was the fifa one that was the fifa one so if you that. ever thought if you've ever thought that actually you want to sit around and watch a movie with the administrators of the heroes and with such gripping dialogue of I dream of a day where the whole world plays football by the same rules and regulations and you know that kind of movie really really catches you as well as having uh, Tim Roth playing uh, Sepp Blatter as of oh, course we uh, focus on the, the holy trinity of FIFA which is uh, Jules Rimet uh, Joao Havelange and uh, Set Blatter, and other such thrilling action as negotiating an, an ad deal with Adidas on the side of a motorway. I know, yeah. I know, it's it's thrilling. Um, all while kind of. 
which is called Victory. I'm going to cut you off. I, it, I think it has Pelé and Sylvester Stallone. Am I right, RD? Let me know. Yeah, but does it have Set Blatter and Drow Havilland? So I think I'm going to have to go and with And a vague it. hinting at corruption, but never really getting into it because the movie was ultimately paid for by FIFA. Oh, my God. And did it gross as slow as this did? Yeah, I saw something about that. I was like, Jesus. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> thanks, FIFA, for doing that. Blessing us with uh... that. All right, Owen. I think, we're, I think uh, we're about done. Is that it? All right. <laughs> it's yeah. been a fun one. It goes by really quick with these mailbacks. But uh, I do want to shout out everybody on the chat. Thank you for joining us. RD, we got Michael. Bonnie, as always, she says that. Uh, keep reminding myself that we moved on to bigger and better since the Phoenix Wolves and AZ United days. So I will be there the remaining games to support Phoenix Rising. Awesome. Love it. Um, RD as well. Pat, Thomas, everybody in the chat. We always enjoy you guys uh, joining us. And if it, this is your first time, thank you so much for uh, catching us. If you can't catch us, uh, we post these on the streaming, uh, uh, your favorite streaming you know, website or uh, app. I mean, <laughs> Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you have, uh, we'll, we'll be on there after the show that uh, is done. Um, we got some pretty big news, just to, not to take too long, but PHNX underscore underscore rising has reached 650 followers. So that means I will be giving this out hopefully this weekend, and you guys can get your very own PHNX rising scarf. We've done it, y'all. Of course. Of course, if you don't end up winning, remember that you can uh, go ahead and buy these as well. Uh, they're at the PHNX Locker, phnxlocker.com. Uh, so they're available there for anyone. They're yeah, actually really lightweight. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're cutting our budget here. We need some help. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate that if you guys could support us. Not only the scars, but the shirts. And of course, always watching and tuning in on our show. All right, y'all. That's it. We're going to cut it at there. We really appreciate you. We will be back. Not We're not going to have another show this week, right? So we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. Yeah, it's a it's a weird week. So we're no, we got back there. Here's the Purple Rain album. Indeed. Got it for my birthday. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Owen. Appreciate you. Uh, we'll cut it off there. But thank you so much for watching. We will catch you on the next one. Take care.